0: What's up, family? You are tuned into Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Jesse Strauss. On today's show, we share audio from a webinar that occurred this past Saturday, that was January 27th, to commemorate the internationally recognized International Holocaust Remembrance Day. It was a panel that was hosted by chapters from the U.S., Spain, Argentina, and the U.K. of the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network, that's IJAN. And I was deeply honored, as the descendant of Holocaust survivors, to moderate the panel. In just a few minutes, you'll hear from a variety of guests from around the world, that includes folks from South Africa, Argentina, the U.K., and the U.S., discussing the imperative need for an end to Israel's genocide against Palestinians, as well as the need on the International Holocaust Remembrance Day that Israel no longer weaponized the genocide against Jews in order to justify genocide against Palestinians. I want to start by lifting up the names of a few ancestors. First, my grandfather, Avram Shidlovsky, In the late 1930s in Poland, he had a wife and two daughters who were age 11 and 14 at the onset of the Nazi Holocaust. Um, And his wife and two daughters were killed soon after the Holocaust started. I want to lift up the name of my grandmother, uh, Maria Weinreb-Szedlowski, who survived the Holocaust in, in Poland only because she was offered the ultimate solidarity. She was hidden in a catholic hospital by a catholic nun just outside the warsaw ghetto for many years Um, and i also want to lift up my mother lily shidlovsky who was born immediately after the nazi holocaust in europe and came to the us with her parents my grandparents when she was a year and a half old as a refugee i grew up with stories of the holocaust of surviving that genocide and i continue to learn ways that survival has impacted my family's life and in many moments has defined aspects of my own life before i get deeper into it i also want to lift up the name of an ancestor of the international jewish anti-zionist network Hayo meyer haio was a survivor of the auschwitz concentration camp and he became the inspiration for and a participant in IJAN's Never Again for Anyone campaign, which was started in 2010 um, after Israel's 2009 bombardments on Gaza. We'll hear more about Hayo later and also more from him in a in a video clip. We are gathered here today on International Holocaust Remembrance Day to say never again for anyone. A quick note on what the history of this day is international Holocaust Remembrance Day is a United Nations holiday commemorated every year on January 27th which is the anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz concentration camp that was January 27th 1945 it's it's specific and intentional for us that this is the United Nations recognition of Holocaust Remembrance Day which is distinct from israel's day of remembrance which happens in may zionists capitalize off of this day of remembrance but for us it's important to make that distinction because it's part of claiming our history in a way that is not based in policy built to support the state of israel zionists have been waging a campaign at every level saying that people who are against israel are anti-semitic They conflate anti-zionism with anti-semitism our existence as anti-zionist jews rejects that narrative and while israel uses the nazi holocaust which of course is the devastating story of my family to justify the need for israel as a jewish supremacist apartheid state that relies on the subjugation of the palestinian people so we're here the framing of this conversation from the international jewish anti-zionist network is that we cannot and will not stand for the weaponization of our genocide to justify the subjugation of another people or the genocide of another people and of course we're lifting up the people of gaza and the people of palestine i have to acknowledge that tragically today marks the 113th terrifying and painful day of Israel's genocide in Gaza. So thank you for bearing with me while we do some framing. The folks joining us who are going to be our guests in just a few minutes, Fatani Madzivandila, Monadel Hersala, Sarah Kirshner, Kali Akuno, Maria Lahood, Sam Weinstein. I rattled those names off very quickly, but we will learn a lot more about those people in in, in the very near future. Um, before we go to our panel, I'm going to pass it off to my co moderator, David Comedi, who is here with the Argentinian chapter of the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network.
1: Thank you, Jesse. So, uh, framing this event again, I'm David David Comedi. I have been IGEN's spokesman in Argentina since 2009. And in this occasion, when we are commemorating the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, when all genocide must be condemned and also prevented, I would like to tell you a little bit about the genocides that were conducted in my country, Argentina, not only against the native peoples during the 19th and 20th century, but also during the military junta rule, during the 1970s and 80s, when a systematic plan of elimination of a specific part of our society was carefully executed by the military junta, which constitutes a genocide according to general definition. That is, quote, the deliberate killing of a large number of people from a particular group with the aim of destroying that group, either for ethnic, national, religious, or political reasons. Indeed, the Argentinian military often used racist strokes against its victims, particularly against Jews, while they were receiving political, intelligence support and arms from the U.S., and especially from its close ally, Israel. As it is well known that Israel fulfills a crucial role in worldwide repression and state terrorism. Here in Argentina, every March 24, the day when the junta took power in 1976, we also say never again, especially in these days, that we have a crypto fascist, fascist president who, no wonder, is strong admirer and supporter. Of Israel and is stubborn, he is a stubborn genocide denier. So let me introduce the purpose of this event. Uh, we do it under two models, motto. The first one is never again for anyone. It's not just never again, as Zionists claim for Jews for, or for for the for the Nazi genocide, but anyone. And in that sense, we will go to the second motto, which is deceptional, de- exceptionalize the Nazi genocide. As we all know, Zionists are weaponizing the Nazi genocide to oppressive people by colonizing their land, confiscating their natural resources, destroying their houses, schools, universities, and other civilian infrastructures, denying the right for freedom to freedom and self-determination, while conducting mass incarcerations, torture, sexual and other kinds of abuses, and mass killing of children, women, elderly, and men—procedures that have been defined by various scholars as textbook genocide against Palestinians. Genocide is a crime under international law and must be condemned and punished, not only the Israeli perpetrators, but also their accomplices and mentors from the US, Germany, UK, France, and other countries. Surviving genocide leaves trauma, and this will likely last many generations, but nothing justifies weaponizing such a trauma against others by waging another genocide. As Jews, we oppose the use of Jewish suffering to cover up for genocide and other crimes against Palestinians. To be clear, the International Jewish Anti Diamonds Network, IJAN, is against Israel as a Jewish ethno religious state, since it is a settler colonial enterprise inspired in previous colonial genocidal regimes. And as such, it is not surprising it is Caroline currently committing genocide against the native native people of Palestine. So, on this date, when the world commemorates the International Holocaust Day, by making a call against racism and genocide against anyone, we condemn the current Israel's zionist genocide and call for an immediate and permanent ceasefire on Gaza. We also talk about the importance of, of internationalism towards collective liberation of oppressed people who resist racism, fascism, colonialism, and other patterns of oppression. For that reason, we are working with international comrades today to articulate together shared commitment to stopping this ongoing genocide, and whatever, with whatever means possible, will be highlighting South Africa court case against Israel's genocide, as well as a United States-based case against that country's support for uh, Israel's genocide.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, David, for uh, continuing to frame the conversation. We're gonna begin by handing over the mic. As David mentioned just this week, we've seen Israel challenged in both international and US federal courts. That doesn't mean that we necessarily look to courts for justice, but I think it says something about the historic moment that we are in, where Israel's violence, settler colonialism, and dehumanization of Palestinians is in every facet of our public conversation. So one of the court cases I mentioned just saw its first hearing yesterday here in Oakland, California, and our first panelist is one of the plaintiffs in that case. Monadel Herzala is a Palestinian with the U.S. Palestinian Community Network and a plaintiff in the Defense for Children International Palestine versus Biden court case. Um, Welcome, Monadel.
2: Thank you, Jesse, and uh, salam to everyone. My name is Monadel Herzala. I'm a, a member of the National Coordinating Committee of U.S. Palestinian Community Network and i have noticed uh, in in the flyer that was my my title is one of the plaintiffs against uh, the president of the united states and i'm i'm, I'm honored uh, to be listed as such we are uh, charging uh, the uh, government of the united states represented by the president secretary of state and secretary of defense their charges they have failed to prevent the genocide from taking place. They are complicit with the genocide that's taken place as we speak, and they are failing to prevent this horrible madness and this genocide that's taken place for the last 113 days. Uh, I wanted to thank you for including me in this program for the fact that uh, we are extremely, uh, pleased and honored that we have worked with Igen for for the last uh, you know few years, many many years, related to back in the early 2000s, uh, and we know the cadres uh, that worked with them in a different even before Igen has started. I wanted to also uh, recognize our brothers and sisters in Argentina and in the UK. And in the Spain, who are who are uh, listening to us, or they will listen to us. We see you, we hear you, we respect you, we respect you, and we are fighting the same fight. The fact that we are talking about uh, Zionism is not only uh, a racist ideology. It it is it, fighting against Zionism will unite us to fight against uh, a white supremacist ideology, oppression ideology, settler colonial ideology, and even anti-Semitic ideology. Don't let them even mislead us or mislead the public by uh, really weaponizing themselves with the suffering of of uh, the Jewish in the Holocaust. As I came, I mean, yesterday, I mean, this is this timing is, is brilliant uh, for the organizers to do it uh, after uh the icj uh decision and the first hearing in our case in oakland california the only thing that i think it's really important to highlight the fact that during the court yesterday uh, first of all the government has failed to to present anything of that powerful as our plaintiffs who testify in front of the judge And second, what's what's really uh, uh, out of the ordinary, and that will give us a lot to think about, is the fact that they did not, we were prepared for cross-examination, you know, uh, the government objecting to any of the facts that we were talking, but they didn't do that. However, the only only one that they rejected and wanted to uh, not to hear him at all, is uh, is our expert in genocide, who is expert in the Holocaust, who is who has facts, who is extremely qualified, extremely credible, uh, a very a very They tried their best to discredit him. They are don't want him to hear any of the facts, any of the connection of the suffering of the Jewish people in the Holocaust and, and, and bring facts and analysis of what's going on right now. What does that tell us? It tells us that not only uh, the settler colonial state of Israel is using the suffering of uh, the people of the Holocaust, but rather the United States and all their allies using this uh, this thing against us against uh, our case. And for this, and i think that we are uh, we are entering a new era that we should all unite around this and uh, the fact that ending the genocide and when we say when we say as mentioned earlier when we say never again it's never again for anyone thank you
0: And that was the voice of Monadol Herzala from the U.S. Palestinian Community Network, as well as one of the plaintiffs in the Palestine v. Biden federal court case that's currently on trial. You're listening to Law & Disorder on KPFA. We're hearing audio from a webinar hosted this past Saturday for International Holocaust Remembrance Day by the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network. I'm your Law & Disorder host, Jesse Strauss. I was also honored to be asked to host this webinar panel alongside my co-moderator, David Comedie, from the Argentinian chapter of the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network.
1: I would like to present our next speaker, who is from South Africa. His name is Titani Mantibandila from the Walter Rondi Library in Adania, South Africa, who will be discussing the South African International Court of Justice case as well as the internationalism of struggle against genocide and apartheid. Petani, we are all uh, here thank for you, your David. presentation.
3: Uh, thank you, David, for uh, for the uh, short introduction. Uh, as David said, I'm Petani, based in South Africa. We are just reeling from um, uh, celebrating the verdict which was handed um, yesterday from the ICJ. And... Um, really the the question has always been about uh, the importance of justice and the kind of solidarity that we received uh, during our struggle our very long struggle uh, during apartheid and that was a struggle that was not easy um, uh, to fight uh, both in uh, within the country and also with our international allies and it was all it is also important historically as a country that has um, that emerged out of settler colonialism and uh, uh, went through the passage of, of apartheid and post uh, democracy, where we are in South Africa today. It is quite important to speak about these things, and also importantly to be a voice of reason uh, in the midst of the genocide that is uh, that is happening uh, that has been that has been happening actually for the past twenty five years um, uh, in occupied uh, Palestine and uh, condemnation uh, without any. Um, Fear or doubt, uh, the settler regime of of, of Israel, and importantly, uh, one for one to be able to understand the fact that uh, the weaponization of the history of the Holocaust um, by the current Israeli state uh, actually uh, diminishes, or also is an insult to the memory of the people that were killed uh, during the Holocaust, and it is important for us uh, out as uh, South Africa. A country that uh, emerged out of a very difficult uh, history uh, to be unequivocal about our solidarity, and also our actions itself uh, by uh, dragging Israel to court in the past m- uh, in the past month shows our commitment to international solidarity and uh, the struggle for for humanity and also the struggle for human rights. As uh, so we have been watching since uh, the seventh of October. The utter uh, uh, disregard of the uh, humanity and the lives of uh, Palestinian people, and especially the merciless um, k- uh, killing of of Palestine children, just shows you how um, the level of fascism and the level of of confidence that uh, uh, the settler state of Israel has, uh, due to the fact that they are backed by powerful allies as the, such as the United States of of, of America. So it is important for us to be uh, on this day in uh, remember, the remembrance of Holocaust to be able to understand that those who were previously uh, oppressed and also uh, killed during the uh, the Holocaust they have no rights, especially uh, currently the ones in uh, the ones who are pushing the Zionist ideology of of uh, of, uh, of of Israel to weaponize that history to use it as a tool to continue to perpetuate uh, violence and killing of other people. So also looking at the history broadly of uh, uh, of our struggle, not only in South Africa, but in the continent, we have received uh, uh, a lot of solidarity from uh, international actors uh, uh, during, uh, uh, during our struggle against colonialism. So it is right uh, uh, by what we're doing and also uh, justifiable in terms of our expected uh, in terms of, of of the international solidarity that, that that we shall show with the peoples of uh, of Palestine, who still continue to live under settler colonialism, um, seventy five years later. So importantly, uh, the uh, the uh, the outcome of the ICJ ruling yesterday is important to show that. Um, uh, the arc of of, of morality is, is long, but also it bends towards justice, and that is the justice that the people of Palestine are supposed to receive, uh, whether it's 75 years later, 10 years later, or so. But it is important that that uh, justice is received and justice is, um, and uh, the uh, the occupation is ended in uh, in in Palestine, and especially with a specific focus, currently currently on Gaza, which has been happening for the past for the past 25 years, but in the past three months or so. Uh, We have seen, um, first time, a genocide that has been recorded live on our social media and also the state of Palestine, uh, actually the illegal state of Palestine, of Israel, I mean, sorry, uh, the illegal state of of Israel presently uh, going to the media uh, to state their intentions and what they want to do and utter ultimate genocide and removal of the Palestine people out of their ancestral land. So this is important for us to be able to remember the importance of uh, solidarity and especially left solidarity across the world and also importantly are uh, thinking about uh, ways in which we can intensify the struggles that are the protests that we've been doing across globally uh, in light of this verdict which came uh, yesterday thank
0: you thank you so much Fatani. we're really grateful to have you here um, I'm going to move it right along and introduce Sarah Kirshner who is a f- co-founder of the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network an incredible organizer um who is also here like me in the Bay Area in California
4: hi everyone as Jesse mentioned I'm a co-founder of the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network and before that as Monato mentioned organized with Jews for a free Palestine um, in the Bay Area uh, which informed our work and You know, my own family history is one in which my family fled uh, persecution and ethnic cleansing in Russia, and then some perished that, that did not previously flee Eastern Europe. And my family also comes from Spain and was displaced during the Inquisition and then went to Eastern and Western Europe. And then those who didn't leave perished in the Nazi genocide. And so that is a history that we stand in as we organize against what the state of Israel claims to be doing In the name of Jewish people and Jewish safety and that we stand in when we combat Zionism, which we believe is really a continuation of our own history of anti-Semitism and not a divergence from it. In addition to being, as other people spoke to, a continuation of Europe's history of colonization. And so... um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about my relationship to the Nazi genocide through my family's history, not only as Jewish, but also as coming from a father who was gay and who was criminalized and targeted by the state for being a gay man and ultimately died of HIV and in that process experienced a lot of um dehumanization and discrimination as a queer woman, as. Um, someone whose partner is transmasculine and um, as someone who has a disabled sister who lives with me. And to remember that the Nazi genocide not only targeted Jewish people, but many people. And one of our roles as the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network has been to de-exceptionalize the privileging of Jewish experience and the invisibilizing of the many people who were targeted by not only the Nazi genocide, but the many histories of genocide that we are interested in being in joint struggle against, um, both historic and current current genocides, rather than separated from in the ways that Israel and Zionism choose to exceptionalize. Um, of course, our work is largely in relationship to the Palestinian genocide, is to de-weaponize and delegitimize legitimize the attempt to use our history of persecution, ethnic cleansing, and genocide against the Palestinians and to justify not only the current genocide, but the historic ethnic cleansing, the historic siege on Gaza, and the long history of the colonization of Palestine. In addition, we challenge the role that Israel plays more broadly in repression of diverse ethnic ethnic groups, of, in attacking people's liberation movements. Um, in addition, as we heard about South Africa and the importance of that struggle and the Pan African struggle against colonialism, Israel played and continues to play a very large role. First, um, in arming and collaborating with apartheid South Africa, of course, Israel was founded at the the same time that apartheid South African system was established with more depth after a long colonial history, um, and continues today to arm different sides of conflict and um, profits off of the arms and repression that it provides to regimes all over the world. So as Jewish people, we see our role as intervening in the weaponizing of our own history to justify the genocide of Palestinians, but also to intervene in the multiple ways that Israel works with countries like the United States all over Europe to um, advance repression and to target people based on race, gender, ethnicity, disability, um, immigration status, et cetera. In closing, I just wanted to introduce Hayao Meyer. And in 2010, the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network worked with uh, American Muslims for Palestine in bringing a tour called Never Again for Anyone to, I think, 13 countries and cities across Europe, and then a year later to cities across the United States and Canada. And really what that was about was, um, again, taking away this weapon and lifting up the misuse of that history. And so Hayo was born in Germany, and at 14, his family supported him in fleeing the Nazi genocide. His parents both perished. His brother survived, and they were reunited after He fled to Amsterdam where Hayo joined the resistance. There was an infiltrator in the underground resistance and he ended up in Auschwitz where he survived for 10 years. And so we launched this campaign on this day in 2010 against the then siege on Gaza by Israel. And it is still unfortunately relevant today. But as you will hear, Hayo is a real inspiration in the clarity with which he demands that he and other Jewish people are able to reclaim that and that that history belongs to Palestine. And the last thing that I'll say about Hayo is that he was part of the resistance and the song that we opened with is a song of resistance and Aijan supports the right to resist and recognizes that any people who are exploited and oppressed, by a power, a fascist power, have a right to resist that power. And so now we're going to turn it over to Hayo. Thank you.
5: I don't know how you are aware of what Judaism was before the Second World War, but I can tell you that in Europe, hardly any of the victims in central, of Central Europe had any sympathy for Zionism. But what is more important, Zionism had no sympathy whatsoever for the victims during and after the Holocaust. The founder of the so called democratic Jewish state, I come back to that too, used literally the words these people who come from the camps are useless human material, and here I stand, a useless human material, and tell you what the truth is. So the Jew, the victims were Jews and not Zionists. Zionism, in fact, is the antipode of Judaism. It is true, both isms, which are of different nature. One is the a, is a creed, Judaism. And the other zionism is an eschatological is an eschatological ideology like stalinism like nazism it because it is an eschatological eschatological ideology which where when where the bliss in eschatology is expecting a bliss state in the future, and the future will come when all, when the enemy who prevents the bliss state will be radically eliminated. So, it's true both these, the Judaism and Zionism, have certain roots of have roots in the Old Testament in the Torah, but they are completely different nature. Pre-World War Judaism was humanitarian, universalist, all humans in, in, in that Judaism were fully equivalent. Now, political Zionism is xenophobic, nationalistic, colonialist, racist, and I must say that I, uh, I must just in, in a second explain what is political Zionism. Like all or nearly all, I think, all important ideologies begin multifaceted, but then they degenerate into, as I said, Stalinism, Nazism, Zionism, and that they have very simple, very simple goals. And for the political Zionism, as it exists at latest since 1948. It's longer in that way, but then it has become manifest, completely manifest for everybody who watched it regularly. Is one single monolithic goal, a maximum of area in in the old Palestine, with a minimum of Palestinians on it.
4: So thank you all. That was Hayo actually speaking in. London at the at the Parliament building, which UK IGEN organized, and you'll hear from them later, uh, that later came back by Zionists in an attempt to ultimately successfully um, remove Jeremy Corbyn from his Labour Party seat. And unfortunately, Jer- Jeremy Corbyn, rather than standing up to them, uh, conceded to them. But that's for another day. Um, But I did want to mention that on this tour, every time Hayo spoke, he spoke with Palestinian speakers, but also with speakers whose ancestors had faced genocide and um, and or speakers who today face genocide. Like Kali, who you'll hear from, um, spoke with others on on a panel around the targeting of African-Americans in the United States historically and today. So I just wanted to frame that and I'll pass it back to you, Jesse.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, Sarah. It's wonderful to lift up our ancestor, Hajo. Um, And we're gonna um, bring up a conversation for just a few minutes, and then we're gonna bring in our additional commentary from our additional guests. And and so the, the question that we're gonna ask our panelists to respond to, and you already did touch on some of these, these points, So feel free to respond as you wish, and also be in conversation with each other, as well as myself and David. But the question is, from your various vantage points and your various experiences, how does Israel's weaponization of the Holocaust impact you and your communities? And I'm gonna turn it over to you all, um, whoever wants to jump in and speak first.
2: Okay, do you hear? Okay. Uh, for me as a Palestinian and uh, and it's been uh, really uh, experiencing that throughout all my organizing and all of my political activities, the fact that uh, as being a victim for settler colonialism, and uh, the the fact that they are uh, utilizing the suffering of the people in the in the Holocaust and claim it as if they are the only representative of the jewish uh, people uh, uh, for 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 us it seems like uh, they are very powerful in terms of like uh, uh, weaponizing themselves with the uh, with the power that they have particularly in the united states and they will put put you uh, in a defense you are a victim but you are put you they Point your finger, their finger at you as as defending the terrorist. So basically, uh, and that has been uh, effective for a long time. And the reason for that is all mainstream media, all politicians who are being supported by the Zionists, adapt to the uh, talking points of these uh, Zionists and making making the victim feeling guilty about criticizing the occupier. Oh, you're you're so that was extremely uh, hurtful when you when you're uh, being dehumanized as 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 Palestinians, and uh, that's really really uh, hurtful. Uh, In addition to that, as I mentioned uh, earlier, the U.S. government is also uh, uh, using this. Uh, and uh, and and using this in terms of all their strategy uh, around the world particularly in the middle east so they're talking about uh, you know normalizing with these dictators require that uh, uh, recognizing uh, the state of israel as the one that uh, represent the suffering of, of the jewish uh, people uh, in there so uh, the capitalist uh, system and the uh, imperialism domination in the region and around the world will, are continuing to use this. Now I'm saying that are continuing to do this, that we have a job to do in exposing these uh, fabrication of narratives and and hear more of uh, Jewish progressive anti-Zionist uh, authentic narrative, because when we, as Palestinians, we we only have uh, our you know narratives, as Jesse said, and I appreciate the fact that you highlight your your grandfather, and that's how I learned about the history of the Nakba and the Palestinians are from our authentic history, and they cannot fabricate these narratives, no matter how much money, billions of dollars, doing you know. Uh, Spending for uh, PR and for uh, uh, funding all these dictators, who uh, has no uh, relationship with the human. It's it's very telling, the fact that uh, that uh, uh, the ICJ, the country that took Israel to court, is not Arabic country. It's not an Arab country. It's not a Muslim country. It's a it's a country that has experienced this apartheid, experience this exploitation, experience this racism, all these things. And we feel extremely close to the people of and the government of South Africa, much more closer than all these puppets, all these things who have not done nothing as the Palestinians are suffering every single day. So I, I think that we have a, a grand uh, job to do, all of us collectively as a people who are, have a task of of really creating a new world, Uh, we remind ourselves always that uh, in 1991, George Bush, the father, uh, has has, uh, pressured the UN, of course, to reverse the UN resolution that the internationally uh, agreed on about Zionism is a form of racism. The whole world were doing that. Now he reversed that in 1991, and after that we never seen peace. You know, over, for the last thirty years, Oslo Agreement and all these things, that the war against Iraq, but it it it's telling that Zionism. Does not only represent a, a, a challenge to only the Palestinian people, all or all, but rather that it is a unifying uh, uh, a platform to unite against defeating this ideology for everybody, not only for uh, anti-Zionist Jews or Palestinians or progressives in, in Argentina and in, in Brazil and in El Salvador, everywhere that we, we have to do that. So we are uh, seeing this and we know that there is a lot that we can do. I mentioned in the example in the, in, in the courtroom that why is it the government, they don't want to to hear the facts. They don't want to know that the roots of the injustice and why we are against genocide, and why, why you cannot use the horror and the exploitation of the issue of, of the victims of the Holocaust to the side of injustice like you are doing right now to the palestinian people
1: thank you monadel i think it's, it's very clear what you're saying um and that brings me to another question uh which i would like to direct to which i like to direct to our south african uh, representation uh, how was the process that brought South Africa to decide to confront global power and then put this case in the court in the ICJ. And we have seen that for many years, Israel has been defined by many leading human rights organizations as an apartheid regime. And we haven't seen during these years any any legal measures against Israel concerning apartheid? So that's that would be my question. How uh, because for many years we had an, an apartheid system that is being recognized by many leading organizations, and that and no uh, legal measure was taken by South Africa, who have suffered apartheid for many years. But when we uh, have genocide, then we have this terrific, very important, very important um, um, court case, which is, I I believe, as Monadel just said, is changing the world order, or, or at least has a potential to change the world order, where the global south is confronting the global north Uh, and the power of the governor who has this colonial past, and not not only past, but neo-colonialism, which is uh, um, imposing war and genocide in many places, uh, and especially in in Palestine at the moment. So that would be my question to you. Um, Could you give us a light on that, please?
3: yes okay uh yeah i think uh, it's it's very important to to juxtapose this history with uh one of the uh, of the most important events in the establishment of israel as a state uh because you will remember that um when when uh, israel was 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 established as a st- States in uh, 1948, uh, apartheid uh, just began in South Africa. Right, and you uh, have to remember who was the who was the um, prime minister of uh, the then Union of South Africa at the time. Uh, was the prime minister between 1919 to 1924, and also again from 1939 to 1948, and. None other except for uh Jan smarts And uh interestingly enough, in northern Israel, which is um, occupied Palestine today, uh there is a city uh called uh Ramat
0: uh, uh Looks like we have some connectivity issues. Um we're hoping Fatani joins back at any moment. Um I'm going to okay. invite Sarah to jump in while we work on Fatani's internet um issues.
4: Okay, hopefully you'll be able to join us soon. Um I wanted to respond both to some of the questions. Um there's a long the Nazi genocide. So there was one question about whether the, holo- the, the term the Holocaust and uh, we tend to use the term the Nazi genocide because there have been many holocausts, particularly, for instance, in the United States, the Holocaust against indigenous people, the Holocaust against Africans. There's been many holocausts um, just to get to that question. But uh, w- the weaponization of the Nazi genocide by Zionists is very much connected to its misrepresentation of Jewish safety as being found in a colonial state. And not only in practical terms, of course, as we just saw, there is no safety when you dominate and colonize another people. Uh, Jabotinsky, the fa- one of the founding fathers of Israel said at the time, and he was actually speaking to labor Zionists who were considered more liberal in their orientation, he actually said, if you think you can colonize another people and that they won't resist, you are not following the lessons of history. The only way we will not only colonize but maintain our colonization of Palestine is through a very strong an ongoing military presence and military assault. And so not only in literal practical terms is Israel unsafe for everyone living in that in that region including the Jewish people living there but Israel itself as Hayo spoke has a An actual disregard for the experience of Jewish unsafety and also mobilizes anti Semitism in order to justify itself. And it's not the topic of this, but for iJAN, for the International Jewish Anti Zionist Network, we understand Zionism as itself being extremely anti Semitic. And Hayo spoke to the concrete ways of that. Um, But in addition, Zionism has never been safe for Jewish people. And there's a long history of Zionist collaboration with anti Semites, from Balfour, who was looking to rid the UK and Europe of Jewish people, to breaking the Nazi boycott and other forms of collaboration in exchange for resources for Israel or getting Zionist leadership out. But today, their collaboration with Christian Zionists and so it is a total myth and that is also for us we are in joint struggle of course we're in solidarity with palestinians but as jamal juma said to us who was someone who was organized in palestine and is there now and was one of the founders of the boycott divestment sanctions call from palestine said to us when we were building ijan sure, Jewish solidarity is important, but we don't need you for our resistance. We have our own resistance. We need anti-Zionists as part of a broader fight against racism and fascism um, and and capitalism and, and global imperialism. And that's because you have your own history of being internally colonized. Whether you're from Europe, that, that's an experience of internal colonization, or you're from the region and you've experienced colonization with your fellow um colonial uh with, with your fellow residents because you've been under British colonialism, Europe colonial, your European colonialism. So there we have our own reasons for fighting against. It against this weaponization and of course we do that as part of our collective struggle with palestinians and others but i i also just want to talk about the importance of combating it and how we do that and um just to say that israel plays a role does a job for the united states and europe That Jewish people have done throughout history before the state of Israel. And as an oppressed people, like many oppressed people, we have a choice. First, we try, you know, everyone tries to survive, which is a form of resistance. But then you have a choice you either organize against or you collude. And at every moment in history, we have that choice, even as people who are oppressed. And so, now we have a choice again. Are you with the people who are experiencing genocide and racism against fascism? Or are you going to collude with it? And Israel is a is a nation state expression of the way Jewish people colluded with czars at times, colluded with the Nazis during it and after it. And I mean, dur- during it. And now colludes with with people who use Jewish safety for another agenda, but really have no investment in combating anti-Semitism. They just use it. And so that's part of our fight. and And you we are making a choice to not allow that history to be used. And we have to make that choice publicly, constantly. And use our history in solidarity with Palestine, which is what everyone on this webinar does that has brought us to this point. So I'll pause there. And this tour was part of that intervention. Okay.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Very illuminating indeed. Um, I think we should move now to our commenters Uh, because we are running out of time. So I would like to to call to Kali Acuno from Cooperation Jackson to jump, jump in. Kali Acuno, uh, we met in Argentina a few years ago. Uh, it will be nice to see you again. Would you, Could you give us your comments on what we, we have been discussing till now?
6: Yeah, <clears throat> uh, good to be with everybody and I uh, appreciate everybody who's tuning in uh, and building and connecting uh, with us. Um, in the short time that we have uh, left, I saw that there was a question about the ICJ uh, opinion that, that I wanted to really uh, just touch on. Um, I think we can, we can speak plainly and honestly in that uh, what many of us were hoping for uh in terms of a ceasefire the icj did not deliver that very uh, clearly and explicitly um they stopped short of that um and from what i understand <clears throat> uh there was a, a a lot of uh political jostling behind the scenes uh amongst the members of the court uh and that they wanted uh to uh, Try to have a near unanimous verdict for whatever they put out, and they they wind up having uh, two object on the first uh, issue and one on on uh, the second. Uh, so it was they it was near uh, unanimous, uh, and I think they wanted to send a clear political message uh, both to the state of Israel and also to the United States, uh, which was clearly uh, present. Uh, in all aspects of the deliberations of this particular judgment uh send a clear message that they too uh need to be held accountable uh for the crimes that they are uh committing so i think we need to uh recognize it for what it is um and that it is historic or was historic uh for uh Charging or taking up the case of charging Israel with genocide and holding other parties accountable as. uh, uh, As in assisting with that, and I think just from a movement perspective, a social movement perspective, it is something that we are going to have to build upon. Um, And I think you know the tools that we have available to us through the bds campaign. uh, Offer I think the basis by which we need to strengthen uh, our overall um uh, uh push back in this particular point in time uh but i think there are a couple of things that that i want to to really uh interject uh that i think we need uh to do because many folks have been wondering you know where are uh, in particular uh the so-called arab states and the islamic states where and, and why aren't they uh doing more uh to stop this this uh genocide and ethnic cleansing And I think we have to remember how many of those uh, states are really puppet regimes uh, of the United States, Uh, and that it is also, I think, incumbent upon us to try to help uh, uplift the social movements in the respective Arab and Islamic countries uh, that are are seeking to provide some some form of uh, direct resistance Uh, to this genocide, but also uh, to improve the, and strengthen the hand of the social movements for their own uh, uh, struggle for democratic rights uh, um, and economic rights within their own countries. So there's kind of two dimensions that we need to do, I think, on our end of applying pressure uh, uh, to the various uh, states uh, for them to kind of get their, their, their butts in motion. To make a greater uh, impact. And our movements have a role in doing that and demanding more of them and not just letting them stand alone. I think that's a critical piece that we need to see. And uh, an aspect of how this plays out, I think, to connect this and then, then in the interest of time, move on to others. I I want to highlight uh, Namibia's uh, protests to Germany saying that it was going to come to the aid of uh, Israel and uh, calling attention. Uh, to the hypocrisy of the German government uh in denying uh its genocide uh of folks in Namibia, particularly the Herero people, uh, and saying that they never acknowledge uh their actions there, which was is sometimes noted as uh the first genocide that Germany uh committed, uh, and that they have no standing uh in being able uh to to um uh to determine what genocide is or isn't uh relative to to the to the issue what's going on with the Palestinian people but what I want to highlight is that this part of uh why the the uh, Namibian government is even taking that stance is because of direct applied pressure uh that a lot of social movement actors uh on the continent and beyond uh put on the government to speak up uh and to really to renegotiate its own terms of uh, reparations uh, uh, and compensation uh, from the German government and to not sell themselves short. Uh, so there's a lot at play in terms of of uh, us seeing our struggles as interlinked because they are, uh, uh, us uplifting uh, our shared history, uh, our collective struggle and building upon that uh, to change the present and to end this genocide. So I'll end there uh, so we have some, some time for other speakers.
0: Thank you so much, Kali. I know there's a whole lot for all of us to say, and we called this webinar for about an hour and a half, um, so we're going to move it right along. I'm very excited to introduce Maria LaHood, who is a lawyer with the Center for Constitutional Rights, um, who is also working on the case that we spoke about earlier uh, in the Palestine versus Biden case. Thank you so much for joining us, Maria.
7: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here with you all and I'm honored to be one of the lawyers representing Manadal and our other Palestinian clients who sued Biden, Blinken, and Austin for aiding and abetting Israel's genocide and for failing to prevent it and seeking to stop U.S. support for it. As Manadal said, our, our clients and genocide expert testified yesterday in what was a historic hearing where they were heard by the judge and seen in a U.S. courtroom Regarding Israel's utter devastation of Gaza and U.S. complicity and the dehumanization of Palestinians by Israel and by the United States, the the link is in the chat. If folks want it's long. It was a four and a half hour hearing, but if you really, you know, want to look at anything, it would be our client's testimony, um, which was just really devastating. And the judge felt it. And hopefully, um, you know, we don't know what will happen, the US court, but we are hopeful that he will do the right thing. Um, But if he doesn't, we are, you know, really, we really feel like yesterday was a victory in itself. Um, That case was brought under international law that's codified in the Geneva Convention. And just, you know, the Geneva Convention was adopted in 1948 in the aftermath of the horrors of the Holocaust in order to prevent other genocides it is the international codification of never again for anyone um there was a there was a question in the chat about whether the icj ruling really, you know clearly calls for a ceasefire i don't know if someone else wanted to answer this but you know the icj ruling is is enforcing the geneva con- the genocide convention sorry and the and the icj found a plausible case that israel's committing genocide in gaza and that it must stop committing genocidal acts and it also must enable the provision of basic services and humanitarian assistance so although it didn't explicitly order israel to stop military operations which was a disappointment it aff- Israel effectively has to do that in order to comply with the order. Um, the, I mean, just looking at you know the use of of law and and the pressure we need to to be building to build power, it has been a decades long campaigns by Israel and the U.S. to ensure impunity for their international law crimes and. And to pervert international law away from protecting people and you know toward protecting state power, uh, and at the same time they they've had a global campaign to suppress criticism of Israel by trying to equate anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism, by trying to equate advocacy for Palestinian liberation with terrorism, and and U.S. state power and institutional power has. Has been adopting that so i think there are lovers at every level in the united states and elsewhere to you know put pressure on our on our government actors and local state federal um to not only try to stop the genocide but to ensure that that people are free to demand liberation and liberation for palestinians liberation for all peoples and that is you know that is a form of resistance, just doing everything we can to speak up, to speak out um, and engage in BDS and change the, the narrative and bring, you know, Palestinian voices to the forefront and their demands for liberation. So thank you.
0: All right, thank you so much, Maria. We are grateful for your work. Um, I want to bring in our last commenter um, today before we go into just a little bit more time for discussion. And before I do that, I want to invite folks to send uh, questions into the Q&A. You've been doing a great job so far, and many of our panelists have been integrating your questions into their responses already. So we will try to get to some more and continue to integrate, but I want to uh, introduce and invite Sam Weinstein, who's a member of the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network from the UK. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Hi, it's a pleasure to be on
8: this webinar and I sit in, of course, the UK, um, where British imperialism probably has one of the greatest uh, histories of genocide of any country and beginning, of course, with the slave trade and slavery itself um, all over the world. Um, I wanted to mention a couple of particular cases of that. One, of course, is Native Americans. um, When they colonized the United States and Canada, um, Native Americans were on on the sharp end end of the sword. And if I can just quote um, from some of the activists now who are saying palestinians resist the same colonial system that native people have been resisting for hundreds of years in the united states the relationship between the united states and israel is so intertwined that the colonial tactics in both countries must be understood as a parallel if not a mirror of each other and i think uh, none of us would have a problem in, in agreeing with that um i also wanted to mention australia because yesterday was Australia Day, where they were supposed to be celebrating the wonders of Australia. And in fact, what happened was there were a whole series of protest marches where they compared what happened to Native Australians, to Aborigines, to exactly what is happening in Palestine. And also in Ireland, um, where uh, Genocide Joe always reminds us that he is from, right, what they are saying, uh, Bernadette McAllister McAllister, McAllister who has always been a famous fighter for everybody's rights said no shamrock for genocide joe um and which means that they don't want people to go there on the 17th they don't want anybody in ireland to go to the united states to celebrate um saint patrick's day in the u.s i also want to mention one other case because i think it's really important people don't know about it but in india the uh, british government basically starved to death four million Bengalis during uh, the Second World War. Now, what's been happening in the UK is it has been the most massive movement in support of Palestinians, that we most massive movement that we have seen since the invasion of Iraq. Uh, one, one March was more than 800,000 um, and there was a Jewish bloc which, which contained many thousands of all the different uh, Jewish groups. Uh opposed to the slaughter that is going on in Gaza. And last but uh, last of, of in, in terms of that, I want to also point out the picket. And you can see behind me, hopefully, the picket that we held yesterday, and I'll guess briefly out of the way, just so you can see the whole picture. Um, and just to say IJAN UK holds a picket uh every Friday in front of the House. Of Ambassador Hot- Hotavelli, um, <clears throat> who is the Jewish—the no, I shouldn't say Jewish—who is the Israeli ambassador, uh, and has said that six hundred thousand casualties, deaths of civilians in Gaza, is acceptable. And of course, we all know that is genocide. But she said a lot of other things, including um opposing a Palestinian state in any form her solution is a no state solution no state for Palestinians of any variety and called Palestinians thieves of history and I could go on for a while about all the different things that she has said um but I do want to say that picket we always report on what's going on all over the world um and we have taken great heart particularly um from The fact that in the United States, um, a new generation of Jews is dumping Zionism um, and really has come out opposed. You you all have uh, surrounded the White House, shut down bridges, shut down tunnels, um, shut down freeways, um, chased uh, Zim ships away. And I know Ijan has, in, has been part of invading the state capital in, uh, in California. And these have given us great courage, and we have been able to spread it around. And what we always say on the picket is, Marak, we, live, we are part of the tradition of Marak Edelman, who was one of the leaders of the Warsaw Ghetto, to, that to be Jew, to be a Jew is to be on the side of the oppressed, never on the side of the oppressor. And I want to re reemphasize um, what uh Sarah said earlier, that Palestinians have a right to resist. We always say this on the picket, and we have a right to support their resistance. Uh, I want to make one last point because I and I Monadel both come from the, the working class movement, from trade unions. And we in the trade unions have a special responsibility in relation to the Zionists and to Israel because. The state of Israel was founded by trade unionists, and they were always anti-working class. They were always scabs. And part of what they did was to break the longest uh, general strike in history of Palestinians in 1936. The Zionists helped break that strike, which led to a general resistance. And then the British, showing the way, bombed uh, Palestinians and killed some 20,000. But on top of that, we always have to remember that the Histadrut, that union, that Israeli union, which formed the state um, was part of forming a part of the Havara agreement, which made basically made an agreement to to suck to, to one, to break a Jewish international Jewish boycott, but also to take money from rich Jews and middle class Jews and get them to Palestine, leaving working class Jews to suffer the concentration camps. And they must always live with that history. And what we say is, Histadrut must be kicked out of every international labor organization. And we stand by that. There are a whole series of things that they sh- should be kicked out, but boycott, divestment, and sanctions. And part of that is boycott the, the labor movement in Palestine. And
0: solidarity thank you so much sam uh international solidarity is part of the purpose of this event i really wanted to make sure to go back and invite uh fatani in particular to make any additional comments because we had some connectivity issues earlier uh thanks Jiz. uh i think uh for us in south africa
3: um given the history of of our struggle against apartheid and colonialism itself, especially settler colonialism, and the solidarity that we received from uh, the international community at the time. I mean, countries whom uh, were not morally obliged to even be on our side at the time, and who could have lost much more um, um, uh, by being solidarity with us. So it is out of um, uh, that moral compass that we emerge from as a country, that wherever there's injustice, we must find ourselves within the side of the oppressed. And that is what uh, informs our position when it comes to Israel. And importantly, the ICJ ruling um, yesterday has reaffirmed um, that um, uh, the state of Israel itself, I mean, disappointingly, uh, it did not order for a ceasefire, but that is a struggle that we can um, or push for or fight for as we have been doing since October 7th. All across the world, where there's been mass demonstrations, mass boycotts um, uh, across the, uh, across the globe, uh, to denounce um, um, Israeli products. So, what we can do uh, in terms of intens- intensifying or putting the political pressure uh, with the ICJ ruling, although it might not respond to all the political questions that we uh, 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 or that we have, what we can do to supplement uh, the judgment is to continue to intensify our struggle and also our rejection. Uh, of the settler colonial state of Israel. And importantly, remembering that, um, uh, the struggle that we're fighting is, uh, 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 is universal and, uh, does, does not only, uh, end, uh, uh, in Palestine and Gaza, but also it extends to, um, currently, uh, the autocracies which are being committed in, in Sudan, for example, that, um, uh, as people who have, um, uh, chosen this path of social justice. And in defense of human rights, it is important for us to uh, um to remember that. So uh, our our uh, our struggle against uh um um against apartheid um served as a basis of of informing that. But also importantly, uh to understand the um, uh the pushback of 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 the application to the ICJ actually from the Jewish community in South Africa, especially the pro israel ones uh no pro pro israel ones uh as i was saying earlier that uh, uh the um the 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 establishment of the state of israel today was also induced by our then prime minister uh, jan smarts at the time of of the assumption of, of apartheid in south africa so there's serious ties and roots of uh, apartheid israel and also the jewish community in south africa who support zionism but there's been a lot of pushback a, 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 around the decision of the, of the state of south africa to um uh to oppose the genocidal acts of, of of israel but up and beyond i think uh it is important for us as um uh, uh people who are pushing for uh, importance of solidarity all across the world to emphasize uh, on the importance of solidarity between uh the black oppressed masses and the palestinian people because our struggles have much more in common rather than uh the uh, uh the legal challenges or issues that might uh uh, be of or uh, uh, of it uh, uh not of uniting us but there's more uh, uh, which can unite us rather
0: than what
3: can divide us thank you Jesus.
0: thank you so much Fatani. we are out of time I want to uh give a small a huge thank you to everyone who's joined us as panelists and a huge thank you for the more than hundred fifty people who've joined us as audience in webinar. Um, I, I do want to invite a brief last word if Manado would like to um, contribute something to give any last words.
2: Thank you, and I appreciate all people who have uh, shared with us their thoughts and their analysis, I thought we are all uh, in the same boat knowing the fact that uh, this is what we are living through right now is, is indeed a defining moment of history. And I I truly believe that we are only can create a new world by continue to organize, continue to build upon this movement. And uh, if, uh, you know, this is a moment, if we have uh, witnessed the court uh, or the legal fight yesterday, uh, whether from like, uh, icj or in the federal court yesterday it only indicates that we are working on one component of our work with which is the legal component which is saying that we are uh, searching for every possible way we can to build a new world and we have to continue organizing we have to continue to build together build the the world that we want our children and grandchildren to live in peace away from exploitation, colonialism, and all this uh, that we are going through at this point. We should not rely on uh, on current establishments because all these current establishments, including uh, uh, the United Nations uh, Nation and their structure and their dynamics, we need to change a new world by us. This is not going to be uh, given to us but we have to change it ourselves if gaza is becoming a title for us or like something that we have to 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 stand it makes us stand up together just like we stood up uh, against the apartheid of south africa in the 80s this is the time that we are that gaza should unite us against all this injustice all this genocide may i just remind you that we are this is the urgency of our organizing for the fact that when we talk about, uh, when we hear in the news that, uh, you know, two days ago, we have like 200 people killed in Palestine, which means means, uh, in the last 24 hours, they claim, which means that's only the reported number, which indicates that it is for every hour, there's about eight to nine innocent people being killed as we speak, which means in the last two hours, there have been... 18 people being killed, most of whom are our children. We have a responsibility to end this madness. We have a responsibility to make history. We have a uh, uh, responsibility to stand for what we represent and what we stand for justice. Thank you so, so much for your, for your uh, program today.
0: Thank you so much for those last words, Manado. We um, really, want to thank everyone for joining us both our panelists and also all our attendees i want to give um i'm going to read some names real fast we want to thank monado who was just speaking fatani madzi vandila sarah Kirschner, kali akuno maria lahood sam weinstein noah Soche, who's been doing tech support on the back end for iGen, eugenia pugliese who's been doing translation along with isabel Gal- galban um and Mariana from IGN who's also been helping out on the back end. There's been a lot of work going into all of this and it is part of the fight that we need to continue um, to end this genocide and to end the occupation. Um, I want to invite folks to follow the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network on social media for Instagram that's at Jewish Anti-Zionist Network. Also check out Uh, ijan.org. And again, I want to thank all of you so much for joining us in our fight for a free Palestine.
7: You've been
8: listening to Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world for all of us to thrive in. That's it for this episode, fam. Law & Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law & Dis and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programming is funded exclusively by listeners. If you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Remember,
1: we all we got.